Verstappen does it again. Did Mercedes really do the double? And Ferrari? No! Welcome to the Late Night Race Review. Welcome back, everyone, to the French Grand Prix episode of the Late Night Race Review. I'm Dave Jericho, and he's Aziro Gonzalez. Uh, we're a man down this week due to Scotty standing in as a stunt double for a potato, but we won't let that stop us, and we'll keep going on with the show. Uh, I want to send a big thank you also to the listeners of the cast. Keep those likes, follow, subscribes coming in. Uh, spread the word by sharing with your friends and family. Uh, now, let's get into it. Uh, we had the Paul Ricard circuit uh, I'll admit, not one of my favorites, but we ran a poll this week on our socials asking people whether they loved it or hated it. And I was sort of surprised that we got a 63% of people liking uh, Paul Ricard and, and were sort of in favor of it. Uh, what, what do you make of the circuit, Zero? And uh, do you see it's, uh, and, and what did you think of the race that it gave us this season? Uh, the circuit itself, uh, it's a bit uh, artificial. And too much technical. Looks like a big, just a, a big test for all teams. Mm. It, it's missing a bit of color, Maybe some gravel, <laughs> some grass, just to, and less. Uh, the the set of uh, the range they did is just too much for the eyes when yeah, you are watching the race. It does make yeah. you a little bit seasick, all right, watching it on on TV, but. There's rumblings as well that it might not even be here next season, uh, possibly to make room for the Las Vegas or South Africa uh, Grand Prix coming in. Are you? Ha would you be happy with that? Would you be happy to see it being pushed aside in favor of a new race coming in? Uh, yeah, I, I don't mind to see it gone. I would prefer to have the Manicor uh, back, but if they don't bring that one back, happy to see Las Vegas or South Africa. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I mean, love it or hate it, it did provide us with some good moments of racing this weekend. Um, and starting with a race winner, Max Verstappen. I mean, Red Bull went with a more trimmed uh, setup this weekend over Ferrari, who went with a more downforce uh, setup, which we thought might actually impact Ferrari. We thought that putting load into the tires um, where they're already having trouble kind of maintaining their tires throughout a race, we thought this might actually cause uh, sort of speed up the degradation of tires. But and and of course, then lead into being easy pickings for Max Verstappen. But it didn't look like this was the case. It looks like Max was having trouble getting past Charles early on in this race. Uh, so, what did you think of Max's pace and his overall race? Uh, I think uh, Max uh, got lucky with uh, the crash with Leclerc and the mess up with the Ferrari team and Sainz uh, gave Max a very that's a easy win, despite a few problems that he complained about the front. And uh, I think that helped Max win. If it was just uh, Ferrari and Red Bull, I'm pretty sure that uh, Ferrari would still finish first, despite all the problems that they that, that they could have. So you think Charles... Sorry, go on. Uh, Charles will definitely is... Uh, he'll be faster than Max. This yeah. weekend, Red Bull was not on top of their game and neither Ferrari. And I think that helped Mercedes. Mercedes can only do good if Ferrari and Red Bull are not 
on top of their game. Well, absolutely. I mean, they're the team, the, the most consistent team, most reliable team. So, um, but let's look at the other Red Bull driver. Let's look at Sergio Perez. Um, the inconsistent performances creeping back in for him, where just when we were all starting to think that the performances that he was putting in were enough to maybe see him being able to challenge for the driver's title, perhaps. But he had a, he had a scruffy race all round. Uh, do you think he was lucky to get the P4? Perhaps maybe even a P5 was maybe uh, more likely given uh, that Ferrari pitted signs, uh, which we'll obviously talk about that a little bit more later. But do you think, you know, he was lucky with that P4? Yeah, I think he was quite lucky. If given another five laps, signs would probably get him up and get that position from away from him. And I'm not sure if he was distracted with the tires or just was caught off guard that Russell could just pass by him. And once that was done, nothing he, nothing he could do. Yeah. I, I think it was a miss of uh, a bit of distraction, check the tires, and that was the end game for him. And if it was not, even with five more laps, yeah, I don't think he would be able to get Russell. Oh, I don't think so either. Yeah, absolutely not. But Sainz would definitely put some pressure on it. So he would end up probably on a P5. Sainz is very well, despite all the trouble he went through. Yeah, and I mean, we'll get to Sainz now shortly. I mean, that'll come under our, our Ferrari conversation, which is <laughs> we've, a, we've a little <laughs> bit to dissect in that one. But if like if we keep, if we consider, even with the inconsistencies uh, creeping back in for Perez, we've got to consider, if, if we look at Leclerc as a title contender, Perez is still only seven points behind Leclerc. And Leclerc is having inconsistency issues as well, as we saw today, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. So should we maybe give Perez, a st- even at this stage of the season, should we still give him the benefit of the doubt that there is still an opportunity there for him to uh, gain those points on Max? Or have Red Bull already made that decision now? It's it's one and two, and they won't allow Perez now to challenge Max at this stage of the season. I think at the moment, looking at today, I think Paris knows that Red Bull is definitely looking at Max as the driver and Paris will be there helping out mm. because Paris hasn't been as consistent as it should be if he wanted to to fight for the for the first position in the championship. So I would say that based on performance today, Paris def- definitely knows that Red Bull is looking at Max first Perez will be there yeah. helping out as possible. Unless he pulls uh, Rabbit out of the hat and finish P2 or P1 in Hungary, uh, I'm, I don't think Red Bull will change his mind. Or unless maybe Max has some sort of reliability issues that gives him a DNF that gives Perez, you know, and Perez gets a good result, maybe that will, uh, that will give Red Bull something to think about if Perez was catching up on points in that regard or something perhaps um but either way like we you 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 touched on mercedes there just earlier on great weekend for them first 
double podium finish of the season. But still a bit disappointed. Uh, we, we, we went into this race weekend. We were given the, the news of some upgrades coming. They were expecting maybe one to two tenths to gain from those upgrades. Uh, Lewis did sort of put a bit of, uh, you know, cool, cooled the jets a little bit for, for people by saying that they didn't expect this to be the upgrade that was going to be winning them the race. Whether that's sort of, you know, maybe he said that in hindsight or or what, when he realized that the upgrades were not going to work as well after the free practice. But what they were lacking in pace in the free practice and in the single lap pace in qualifying, they seem to have on race pace. They seem, when, when that car is loaded up with fuel, it seems to handle well. They can, both drivers seem to manage their tires very well. It's ultra reliable. So, I mean, we have to, we, with, with the upgrades coming maybe in Hungary as well, we might see, see another gain further up. But with that being said, Hamilton still got the P2 today. Very quiet race, largely unchallenged by anybody. He was sort of, he was sort of on his own for most of the race. So what do we think uh, for, for Mercedes for the second half of the season? There's an upgrade again coming in Hungary. Again, I, I'm not thinking we're expecting a major upgrade, but I'm assuming they're expecting a tenth or two uh, to, to gain on the teams in front. Do you think we will see, and we asked this last week, I think, as well, but do we think we'll see a race win or will we see Mercedes just regularly on a podium position for the second half of the season? Mercedes is reliable, as you said, and it is, but it's not as fast as Red Bull or especially Ferrari because mm -hmm. if Ferrari doesn't do good and Red Bull has problems, Mercedes has a chance. But if Red Bull is on a good weekend, if Ferrari, well, not Ferrari because they are always bad, but if Leclerc <laughs> and Sainz are, are focused on their, and on top of their game, Mercedes doesn't have a chance. Hamilton and Russell can drive very well, but the car just not as fast as uh, the Ferrari. But do you Red think, Bull. but do you think even in the race pace, I mean, I do think, Okay, Perez, when he's on form, yes, I, I I agree, he is quick. But I mean, if they can gain another couple of tenths, without say, if Red Bull and Ferrari aren't gaining those same tenths, so if they're if if the next upgrade brings them say two tenths on where they're at at the moment, and and you know two tenths on Red Bull and Ferrari, are we going to see? You don't you don't think they they'll be able to sort of challenge? Maybe they won't challenge Verstappen and Leclerc, but do you not think they'll challenge Sainz and Perez? Certainly Perez, maybe <laughs> more. Uh, the way that things are going at the moment, I'm I'm sure that Mercedes, because they are reliable, which means they will always be able to finish uh, at least P3, P4. They'll definitely get into Ferrari position in terms of constructors. As for the drivers, uh, yeah, the Russell is... Uh, it's just one point of getting uh, signs, and from there, you put some pressure on Paris. But I think uh, the leadership in the drivers is settled on Max and uh, Leclerc. Well, it's still uh, it's still up there, but uh, I think for the moment he's a bit comfortable. For the constructors, yeah. 
Ferrari is definitely uh, losing points. Well, they're 44 they can... points now. They're only 44 points ahead of Mercedes at the moment. Yeah, and Mercedes can always finish. Ferrari, I mean, lately it's one or the other, so they don't get as much points as Mercedes gets consistently. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they, they were consistent this weekend, so and we look at sort of Mr. Consistency himself, George Russell, uh, at a fair, like, I mean, it, it was a good race. It was a, it was somewhat eventful, but there's two events in that race um, that I want to talk about. The first, obviously, is that lunge uh, that he did on Sergio Perez on, I think it was lap 42 into the chicane. Now, George, I, I saw the post-race interview with George Russell, and he was sort of adamant that the rules state that if you have front wheel to rear wheel, the corner is yours. And I agree, like he did, he he was ahead, but it was ahead with a, a possibly a lunge. So Perez now was forced off and he clearly cut the chicane, obviously. He didn't go through the sort of the the, the bollards or whatever for the correct rejoining the track procedure. So he did gain, Perez did gain uh, a couple of tenths or more than a couple of tenths, probably half a second on Russell by cutting that chicane. So what what do you make of that incident that happened? Do you, do you, do you feel Russell was at fault or do you feel it was a racing incident and the, the gains that were made by Perez by cutting that chicane should have maybe been uh, given back a little bit more than what he did by letting signs through? I think that uh, I'll see that I, I would see that as an incident, and I see Russell. He's the should should have been punished with a penalty of five seconds on that. really for that incident. He got it was a bit of luck because the track is wide open, but in different situation, it could be a crash for Paris immediately. Because but do you not, not feel that possibly he had the? And I'm just playing devil's advocate because I could literally argue both sides of this. Uh, th- this incident, but would you not feel that perhaps he did have the corner? He was on the racing line by the time he was going through that. Um, uh, when he came out of the apex, so should Perez maybe have backed off, knowing that he was being squeezed off track, backed out of the the corner rather than you know <laughs> taking a, a half a second advantage by cutting straight through the chicane? I think if Perez had. Uh, not going out and just uh, break and stay behind Russell. I am not sure if the if FIA would the stewards would analyze and and force Russell to give back the position because mm. the way that Russell got the position would be a bit dirty. Yeah. So I'm still uh, convinced that Russell was the the one that caused the one problem here. Well, he got it. Gone, yeah. In the similar situation, we could see Paris and Sainz were more or less doing the same, and Paris was was smart enough, same as Sainz, just to give enough room for Sainz to safely break and just stay in the race and keep up. Yeah. So didn't force anything. Well, then in that case, I suppose he got, you know, if that was, you know, the, the way it would have been viewed, he, he got off lightly then because uh, obviously he didn't get a penalty. And he instead, though, lost the head completely. He just lost his cool completely in, in the cockpit. 
And I think he had Toto having to come on to the radio to tell him, look, keep your head down. You'll still catch him. And he seemed to, he regained his composure. And I have to say, whether it was just a, 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 whether it was just a series of fortunate events for George Russell, I found that the overtake on Perez after the safety car was fantastic because he backed off from the zero time that he has to maintain. So he backed off by possibly, I don't know what the actual time was he backed off by, but it could quite possibly have been close to us, maybe eight tenths or a second or something like that. So is that he could hit the accelerator when the, when the virtual safety car was ending, he could hit the accelerator and ideally, you know, catch Perez sleeping. But what seemed to have happened was Perez maybe was already accelerating before the safety car, the green light came after the safety car ended. So he ended up having to hit the brakes whilst George Russell gambled that the safety car was going to give the green lights and he hit the accelerator. So he was accelerating as Perez was braking. And as we saw how easy it was for him to overtake, uh, do you think there was that that was uh, there was skill involved there? Like he, that was a, a a nice tactic, or do you think he just got lucky and Perez was just asleep at the wheel? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a bit of both. I'll say it. Uh, Perez was a bit distracted, and Russell probably gambled a bit of thinking. I probably get this done. And I'll just kept going. Mm. And fair play to him. He managed to yeah. to get past Paris and finish in P3. And I know I heard as well, just after the race, Red Bull are possibly lodging a... Com- I, I don't know what, what sort of complaint they're making, and I don't think it's maybe going to go anywhere, but that there might have been a bit of a, an issue with the timings or the, the randomized... Randomized? Is that the right word? Uh, way that the safety car is ended. So as far as I know, and I could be wrong here, but I, I, from what I can understand, is when the safety car ends, they're notified that the safety car is ending. So they're aware that the safety car is ending. But from the time they're made aware of the safety car ending and when the green light is given for racing, that's a random time. There, nobody knows that. Like Drivers will not know that time. But apparently, and again, this is where... It, really gets into details of formula one that i'm not 100 clear on apparently the timing the ran the, the parameters of that randomized time is between four and seven seconds and red bull's complaints are that the timing when the green light came on was after that so basically you know it could be after the the you know you've been notified safety car is ending then you get a, a random green light to go so that should be either 4.5, five seconds or whatever after the safety car, you know, you've been announced the safety car is ending. Whereas Red Bull are saying that it came after that seven, the, the final parameter, um, it, it came after that. Uh, so they're sort of saying that yeah, maybe they're they're trying to find some way of justifying that's why Perez was asleep at the wheel <laughs> was because the safety car ended outside of that and that there was some sort of anomaly that went on there. Um, no, so I... I don't think it's pointless, especially it's a, it's a podium position. It would look very yeah. bad if FIA came out and say, oh, yes, you're right. Let's switch. No. Yeah, it's well, they wouldn't a... switch it, but I think it was more so just to highlight the fact maybe it was a bit of a sore. Oh, well, this is why we lost the position. We know we're not going to get it back, but just to let you know, it wasn't our fault. Um, yeah, I think they just, it's their face. fault. 
no, no, it's her fault. Perez was was asleep looking at the tires. Russell chance his luck with yeah. the with the virtual safety car timing and that's it. I mean good luck for Angry next time. Well next from, weekend. From- from from one man's fault to another man's fault, <laughs> Charles Leclerc, Ferrari. Um, I suppose we'll start with Leclerc first. I mean, Ferrari looked like they were, they didn't look necessarily, they, they, they had the raw pace over um, Verstappen, or sorry, over Red Bull, should I say, in the qualifying world. At least I didn't feel that way when I was watching it. But Ferrari em- employed fantastic teamwork by knowing that signs was going to be starting from the back of the grid. So they may as well use him in Q3 gave Leclerc the toe. And of course, then he ended up with pole position. So everything looked great. You were like, wow, fantastic teamwork here by Ferrari. Fantastic. Uh, Leclerc had a great start off the line as well, maintained first place. And and he was, you know, where, where we thought he was going to be easy pickings going in or a lot of uh, sort of pundits and analysts thought uh, Leclerc was going to be easy pickings with that, tire degradation happening with the increased downforce that didn't happen so he, he held off Max Verstappen really well then what happened of course he he crashed on on turn 11 and do we think was that just a momentary lack of concentration from Leclerc or was there possibly a bit of the tires were actually degrading he was maybe pushing a little hard and that lack of concentration was because maybe he didn't realize quite how fast those tires were degrading. And as a result, it was like going on ice through turn 11 and the car spun around and went into the wall or into the barriers. Uh, a fair play to Charles because he admitted that it was uh, an error from him and no mm-hmm. one else. So either he was checking the, the problems with the tires, checking the engine or anything. It was just him alone that just a momentary lapse. But do you, th- do you think though that, and as much as he did come out and say that it was his mistake, but was it possibly his mistake because the tires were being pushed beyond where they should have? Should they have come in earlier um, for the pit stop rather than going on an extra few laps? So that's what I'm saying. Even though he, he did admit that it was his mistake, could it have been his mistake again, like I said, because the tires were degrading and he had no grip then by the time he ended up coming into turn 11? Yeah, that could be to the and He could be trying to get as much uh, time away from Max as possible mm. to go back uh, to the pit stop. Uh, but uh, that sadly didn't happen. Yeah. And this is where I suppose, for our, where you hope and Carlos Sainz was doing everything possible to salvage a weekend for Ferrari. But for some reason, Carlos Sainz pit wall was doing everything they could do to make sure that Carlos Sainz didn't salvage the weekend for Ferrari. Um, I mean, he did go from P19 to P5. Fantastic result, fantastic drive, uh, despite what the pit wall were doing. But, Okay, he had the he had the penalties for the, for the end. We know he was starting from the back, so that's look that's neither here nor there. But first, we had the the, the mistake then from the the pit crew who gave, who ended up causing a five second penalty for him because of the unsafe release. Um, then they they're trying to communicate with signs that there he has a five second penalty. But rather than saying he has a five second penalty, they tell him he's a five second stop go penalty. 
which is a very different thing. Like, I mean, because at five seconds, I think there's like 35 seconds from the time you enter the pit lane to the time you exit the pit lane. So a, a stop and go penalty is 35 seconds. It's not five seconds. So it was signs that had to correct his pit wall and say, I, I think it's just a five second penalty, not a stop go penalty. So they, had, they hadn't a clue what they were doing there. And then he, he's in the middle of the battle with Perez, like literally like over in the process of overtaking Perez. And they're trying to tell him to box. And you're like, it's like they weren't even watching the racetrack. They were just, they had their calculators out there, their notebooks out. And they kind of went, oh yeah, that's what we should do. Someone tell him, like without having a clue what was actually going on on track. Um, so he didn't box there, obviously, because he was already past the, the, the pit lane by the time he overtook Perez. But they did bring him in. He obviously had to serve the five second penalty. And again, this is where it was just, it just seemed like I was, I was livid and I'm not particularly, I'm, I'm a Ferrari fan. I'd be a more Charles Leclerc fan, but I was livid for, for signs because I think he knew he had the pace to get third place and probably stretch that five seconds gap to P4 to retain. I think there was a podium there like for, for him. Um, but what do you think? Do you think Ferrari made the right call in bringing him in? Maybe the tires were going off or should they have left him out? Were the tires, st- was he still looking pacey and the P3 was possibly on for him? Ferrari is the, they keep sabotaging themselves. A and disaster. So, signs just want to, to win races and Ferrari is like, <laughs> no, 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 no. What are you doing? We're not, we are, you're not here to win. Don't get too excited. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that, like you're saying, that like they are not watching the race. I mean, the man was busy trying to get through Paris and they decide now it's time to make an announcement. <laughs> yeah. It's it's unbelievable. It's like it was a intern weekend for Ferrari. They just brought all the interns and they yeah. were just running around. And, yeah. and Ferrari keeps sabotaging themselves. If they don't and looks like they are not get there. If I don't win this this year, they can only blame themselves. And today was again, Sainz did a great job uh, going from P19, which P5, P5 and mm. probably more if it was for Ferrari themselves. Well, it's funny you should say that as well, but it being been their fault because um, Nico Rosberg, uh, he was kind of asked about this afterwards. And he was saying that he reckons that if this doesn't go, if this continues, that it's going to be time for someone to make a decision on some of those, some of the staff within Ferrari. Like it's going to be a time for for a change or a clear out, because the strategy calls that are being made, the knee jerk reactions, the poor decisions being made, it's consistent, and it's not just consistent for this season with um, Ferrari. But I mean, we can go back seasons in the past, even with, you know, go back to a season with Vettel, where Vettel possibly had a chance of challenging and they just seemed to sabotage themselves with poor decisions um, time and time again. Uh, so would you see that being a right um, sort of summary that it would be a case that if this did continue, that there needs to be a change of staff, there needs to be a change on the wall? Uh, yeah, definitely. The, mm-hmm. we can see clearly that the pilots are doing uh, the best they can. The drivers are doing starting from last position, finishing 
close to podium. Yeah. And then the pit crew, uh, the the staff just uh, mess up everything and they end up losing points. Yeah. So the problem is not with the drivers, is they Ferrari needs to look inside the the pit crew team, inside the staff. The strategy, it's they they consistently give bad uh, directions. They consistently give uh, uh, bad instructions. So they definitely need to review if they want to. Yeah. Well, they've hungry now coming up now only next week. So hopefully they uh, they can they they can try and make an amends for for what's happened and see who can salvage their jobs. But I mean. There was other teams that did well. Aston Martin did well this weekend. Haas didn't do so great. But there's two teams I want to just quickly touch on before we, we wrap up the review. Uh, Alonso, Alpine, and McLaren. So Alonso, P6. Ocon came in P8. Not a bad run. Double, double points finish. But there's a nice little battle starting to emerge, emerge between uh, between these two teams. and the, And it's getting close as well in the constructors. Um, do you see any team coming out on top? Well, what's just your opinion on it? Do you see any team coming out on top for the uh, second think, half of the race, the second half of the uh, season? Yeah, I think Alpine might have a slight edge over McLaren, uh, just because uh, their uh, Alpine pilots they've been more consistent. Alonso Yocon has been more consistent race after race in getting mm. the points. Yeah, while McLaren. Norris is consistent, but uh, Ricardo is a bit of wild card. But it's only for that. Otherwise, uh, it would be a very tough. But at the moment, I'll say Alpine has slight advantage. And yeah, I'd agree with that. I'll not. I think they'll definitely end up on the away from the from McLaren as in the constructors. They'll yeah. probably get the. The fourth place they are at the moment, I think they'll get there. They'll not get Mercedes, Mercedes away, but Alpine will definitely end up uh, on top of McLaren and Alfa Romeo. Yeah, yeah. We'll see in the, at the end. Well, yeah, we'll see. We'll Our see prediction. when the dust settles. <laughs> I think now it's time to to get on to more pressing matters, which is the predictions. Ah, let's see where we're at now. Um, so I'm currently leading on six points. We got Scotty in second on four points, and Azidro, you are still at the back of the grid in, on two points. So uh, let's have a look here now. So I'll call out my predictions uh, from France and Scotty's, and we'll see what we got here. So my top three, I went, ugh, Jesus. Okay, I went with Leclerc. No, I went with. Verstappen second, nope, and I went with Perez third, and that is no all round for me. Scotty, I didn't realize he had Verstappen first. What the hell? I'm just looking at the rest of it. He got Hamilton second and Russell third. Did he edit this while we were? <laughs> Did he really call that out last week? There's no way he did that. Or uh, two weeks ago. I I don't remember. I do not remember. No. I think I, we would have called it that that was a ballsy move going with Hamilton and Russell, P, P2 and P3. My predictions for top three are uh, Verstappen, number one. Now, wait till you see this. Talk about oh. getting on a hype train. Oh, God. Hamilton, P2. Ah, here. All right. Russell, P3. 
Wow, so you are hoping for some DNFs. I'm driving that that hype train. <laughs> you, right- you really are. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, we'll definitely have a winner this week. Yeah, he's, he's nailed that one. Okay, all right, fair enough. Um, all right, well, you've gone with uh, Verstappen first. So that's... Oh, sorry, here, you called him out. You called him out. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Verstappen first, uh, Leclerc second, and Hamilton third. Okay, so you've got one point on the board there. Okay, my flop, I went with Daniel Ricciardo with a DNF, which in fairness, he ended up having probably one of his better races for McLaren today instead. Um, Perez, uh, or sorry, um, Scotty went with Perez P15. No, that didn't happen. And you went with, as your flop, Zidro? Oh, my flop was signs dnf yeah, and, and signs it very well actually this he did yeah the goose egg all right my surprise was alex albon in the top 10 i thought it was going to happen and then he got overtaken by vettel and i could just see him dropping off so jesus that's a zero is this my first complete no, it's not actually. No, uh, no, no, I have a few of these. <laughs> I've, I've had a few train wrecks. Yeah. All right. Uh, and Scotty's surprise, Gasly P8. Well, that didn't happen. So that's a goose egg for you. And a zero. Who did you go with? Artists, P7. And you nailed that one. Yeah. <laughs> that is a point on that one. But I'm sorry to say, like, it doesn't take a genius to do the math on <laughs> <Yeah>. this one. <laughs> Scotty has won this that that this week's uh, with three points to your two points to my zero points, so that leaves me on six. And Scotty's still gaining on me five. Jesus, and uh, yeah. and you're, you you uh, you remain on z- oh two. Sorry, I was about to say zero. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, right. Let's get to the business end now. We're let's look at Hungary now for next week. All right, so the Hungarian Grand Prix. Let me just bring up what have I got here for my predictions. All right, so first I am going with Leclerc. Uh, second, I am going with Max Verstappen. And third, I am going with Lewis Hamilton. So, well, you are assuming <laughs> you are assuming that one of the Ferrari was not finished then, or one of the Red Bulls. Um, no, no, I think they'll finish. Just well, well, I, I, well, maybe <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, exactly how the rest of my predictions go. Uh, all right, hang on a second. I, I, let me bring up um, Scotty's as he's not here, being a potato somewhere. Um, so let's look at his predictions for the Hungarian Grand Prix. He has gone with Max Verstappen uh, in p- taking the win. He has also gone with Leclerc in second, and he's gone with Sainz in third. Interesting. Who have you gone with, Isidro? Uh, Max Verstappen first. You and uh, Scotty seem to be sticking <laughs> fairly close together. Okay, go on, P2. Charles Leclerc second, and Carl Sainz third. So you have both... Oh, no, okay. You've both gone identical. Okay, okay. Good news for me if it doesn't come off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So 
the flop this week, or sorry, should I say next week? I am going with Perez. What have I gone with? Gone with a DNF. I should have just gone outside the top 10, but I've gone a DNF. So I, I've done it now. I've committed. Um, What has the potato gone with? Um, So Scotty has gone with Norris DNF. I'm pretty sure he didn't put much thought into that. That was just, he was struggling to come up with a, a flop. Who have you gone uh, with for your flop? Perez DNF. You gone with Perez as well? Yeah, nice. I, I think he's... Uh... He, he's due. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the Formula One Grim Reaper is hovering over <laughs> his shoulder to touch his car. Uh, all right. Okay, so uh, my surprise then is going to be Schumacher, top 10. Oh, I got that one too. Ah, oh, well, you've given it away now. All right, well, I put yours in then. So, all right, Zedro has gone with Schumacher. Top ten. I'm I'm rolling the dice that they're upgrade because they're bringing their first upgrades to Hungary. That's their yeah. their first major upgrades of the season, and I'm sort of hoping because they have power in that engine. So I'm just hoping these upgrades now will bring bring them consistently into the top ten. Um. All right. Okay. Hang on a second. Scott. All right, Scott. I've Scotty surprise here, and I'm kind of because he's not actually here. I'm now trying to think how we're going to handle this one. He has really gone. He, he's gone with Alonso P6 as his surprise. Like uh, he's finding a position, so I give him that. But he's after finishing P6 today. <laughs> it's hardly a surprise if he finishes P6 next in the same position next week. Uh, yeah. You think give him the give him the position that he called yeah, the position. The pos- yeah, he called it. If it said I won't stop, then no, but he's basically saying P6. So, yeah, he might finish today, finish P6, but let's well, see. Scotty, thank Next. you, Lucky Stars. Azidro is on your side. <laughs> Clearly, you both are on each other's side with the your, your top three. <laughs> um, but uh, rest assured, Scotty, I am rooting against you on that one, and I hope Alonso gets a DNF. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry for Alonso fans. Um, all right, well. That's it for for this week's episode, and uh, we'll be back next week. So we we took a two week break, and now we've got two weeks in a row. Well, I'm spoiling people, um, but we'll be back next week for the Hungarian Grand Prix, and with a bit of luck, Scotty might be finished with his uh, stuntman potato duties, and will be joining us as well. Um, but as always, if you want to get in touch with your own questions, comments, or corrections, send them on to feedback at latenightracereview.com or anywhere you find us on social media. Until next week. 